It's the time of year when we're all thinking about goals and priorities. Now is the time to plan your next trip. Whatever kind of travel fills you up, whether it's lounging on the beach, connecting with family and friends, or going on a foreign adventure, Expedia has the tools you need to plan a great trip. Download the Expedia app or visit Expedia.com to start planning. You do need to be a OneKey member to use price tracking. Signing up is easy and free. Expedia, made to travel. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card, you call the number for help, and can't get a hold of anyone. If you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right, a real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm Oprah Winfrey. Welcome to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is time. Taking time to be more fully present. Your journey to become more inspired and connected to the deeper world around us starts right now. When we decided to talk about spirituality on Life Class, I said, call up this man. Spiritual master Deepak Chopra is one of the greatest thought leaders of our time. The spirit is as real as gravity or time, but it's much more powerful. Trained as a medical doctor in India, Deepak Chopra has transformed the way the world views mind-body healing. How you think, how you behave, can change the very structure of your brain. Making spirituality accessible to millions, Deepak's message of personal empowerment impacts people from the streets of Mumbai to the stars of Hollywood. He's written 65 books, selling 20 million copies worldwide, including the super impactful The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success, which spent more than a year on the New York Times bestseller list. Deepak inspires us all to confront life's biggest questions. Who am I? Why am I here? What is the meaning of my life? Deepak empowers us to elevate our consciousness to the highest level. We're spiritual beings having a human experience, yes. not human beings having a spiritual experience. It's the other way around. Please welcome Deepak Chopra. Standing up in Radio City for Deepak. All right, let's have a seat. I think that what you said, first of all, let's hear what your definition of spirituality is. Spirituality is a journey into self-awareness. It's finding out who you really are. It's your true self beyond your social mask, beyond your ego. And uh, when we are there, we experience love, compassion, joy, equanimity. But we also find spiritual insights, intuitions, creativity, unbounded imagination, free will, and choice. We find the solutions to every problem because problems come from contracted state of awareness. Solutions come from expanded state so, of awareness. So, so values, uh, creativity, imagination, all those things are of the spirit. Yeah. I know you've written a book called Spiritual Solutions, which by the way, I think is one of the best things you've done since oh, Seven Spiritual Laws. Really, thank really you. great, thank great you. book. And I was saying to the audience earlier, I believe that for every problem, literally, other than you know, food and shelter, the basic needs. But for all of our problems that we think are problems, that the only way they can really be resolved is through a spiritual solution. That's right. So, you know, if you have a problem, you're living in a contracted state of awareness at that moment, which means you're living in fear. So you're feeling separate. That's where the problem comes. When you're connected with other people, with the web of life, which is the beginning of spirituality, that's when solutions occur. And when you're at one, then there are no problems and no solutions. There's just the creative evolutionary impulse of the universe, and you are the vehicle for so it. So to become a more spiritual person, I think that what Teilhard de Chardin said, and also what you were saying, that recognizing you're a spiritual being, having a human experience, when you just think about that, 
That is the beginning of spirituality, is Correct. it not? Yes. It's the real you, the observer. So everyone who's listening to us, you're watching us right now, just turn your attention to who's observing right this second. That presence that you feel right now, that's your soul. It's not your mind which might be saying, I wish I'd gone to the bathroom before I came in here. <laughs> something like that. The mind is a conversation. Okay. Your spirit is beyond that. Okay, can, can, can I do this exercise? I was just in India with you. Didn't we have the time of our lives? That was amazing. And, and this is also true. I went up in the Himalayas to this wonderful spa and I was trained by a yogi for the first time because normally I don't like yoga. And so people say, what don't you like about yoga? When I was doing a class with my friend Gail and Gail said, I don't like the bending or the stretching part. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what other part is there, Gail? Anyway, I was working with this wonderful yogi in a yoga class, and he had me to lie down, flat, close my eyes. So I want you all to do this, no matter where you are in the world right now. Close your eyes. And he would list, as I'm going to do for you, different objects and I want you to allow those objects to appear before your mind and then let them go as I call out the objects, okay? A full moon, an oak tree by the bank of a river, a red triangle. Now open your eyes. What did you learn from that experience? This is what I learned. Yeah. Can I say what I yes, learned? Please. This is when I really got it. That's why I wanted you all to do it. I learned that the observer of the red triangle, the full moon, the tree by the river, is the same observer who observes all the thoughts that come in and out of your head all day long. And just like you can let the red triangle and the full moon come in and out of your mind, you have the same control over all the thoughts that are jamming you up all day long. And that's how I got it. You are not the red triangle. You are not the tree by the river. You are not all of those objects, just like you're not all of the thoughts that are coming to your head all day long. Just as you observe that, that's when I finally got it. That's beautiful, yeah. because you realize then you're not the prisoner of your thoughts. And so you have the ability to control what you are thinking. You can stop yourself. You can, but here's the difference between the thoughts that you observe and yes. everyone observe right now. Yes. Is that most of the time people are not consciously observing their thoughts and most of the time they're not consciously thinking their thoughts. You know, just like you're not consciously breathing right now, but if I tell you to consciously breathe, you can. So where do our thoughts normally come from? Our thoughts normally come from past experiences or what we call karma which creates memories, which then creates desire and imagination, which then creates karma all over again. So yeah. This is the soul's journey through cosmic time. For me, I want to talk about that, but there are some questions in our audience from people about stopping those thoughts in your head. That's a great little exercise, isn't it? That's when I finally got it. Oh, I'm the observer of the thoughts. You wanted to say what? Stand up. Hi, Oprah and Deepak. In understanding that we can control these thoughts that come in out of our head, how do we control them? How? How? Okay, there are many ways. So let me share with you one. It's the simple acronym STOP, S-T-O-P. Okay? So S stands for STOP. T stands for take three deep breaths. And when you're doing that, smile everywhere in your body. Okay? Imagine a beautiful smile everywhere in your body. O stands for observe what's happening in your body, just the sensations. And P, proceed now with kindness and compassion. Okay, so that's it, the formula. Thank you. You can also, by the way, you can also move from one thought to another by just saying next <laughs> to yourself. Or you can shift your attention to your breath because you can't have your attention on two different things. Okay? Or if you don't like the thought, ask yourself, what's the opposite of this thought? Yeah, but the whole point, everybody, is exactly the experiment because just as you're allowing the thought to come and go, 
and you're observing it is to recognize. If you leave this life class with nothing other than knowing that you control it, it doesn't control you and you are not it. You are not your thoughts. You are not your thoughts. You are the observer of your thoughts and you're the one who's in control. And leading a true spiritual life is recognizing that you are, as the observer, the one who's in control and you're not letting your thoughts control you, which is what most people do. They are driven by their thoughts. They're not controlling the thoughts, the thoughts are controlling them. Everybody follow? Okay, that's great. So we're talking about karma. Third law of motion says, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Everybody knows that, right? We learned that in physics. In our country, we call that the golden rule. Do unto others as they would have you do unto them. The truth is, whatever you do is already done. That's karma. Absolutely. Karma simply means you have to live with the consequences of the actions you've taken in the past. You so have to live with the consequences. You have to live with it. And it also means whatever you put out is coming back. It's Whatever an echo. you're putting out. It's an echo. Back. It's the ultimate affirmation of free will. The situations of the past have created the circumstances of the present and the choices, but it's up to you what you do with the present. And you could make creative choices despite the karma. And change your karma. And change your karma. Because it's just energy that you put out. So That's let's it. meet our first guest tonight, who has a lot to say about karma. He might surprise you. Take a look. He's been called the most vicious man in Hollywood. I was known as the bitchy queen who was brutal towards celebrities. Gossip King Perez Hilton clawed his way to the top of the blogosphere with his celebrity-obsessed and often celebrity-bashing website. I not only had an opinion, I had a really loud one, and it was often very mean. I would give people nasty nicknames. Perez would also scribble offensive doodles on photos of famous people, make nasty comments about their children, and unapologetically out gay celebrities. I was talking about Lance Bass. Before he'd even told his family, I outed Neil Patrick Harris. I was soliciting all his ex-boyfriends to come forward and speak to me. It wasn't just outing, I was on a witch hunt. Then, in a complete about-face, a seemingly remorseful Perez delivered an emotional message to his readers. I am very happy, scared, and ready to make this video. I have, on my website, said things that have been hurtful to people. And in the past, I would justify everything as comedy and humor, but I don't want to have to justify what I do anymore. I need to change, and I'm going to starting today. Please welcome Perez Hilton. Hi. Hi. Finally, we meet. Thank hi, you. Hi, hi. So what? What was it? What happened? Was there? Was there one moment? Was it something that somebody wrote in the way they wrote it that hit that nerve for you? You know, I think we're all the center of our own universe. Yeah. And it can be hard to be objective, even though we can work at it. So for a long time, I was in this bubble. I was in my own bubble, thinking that what I was doing was OK, and sort of disconnected with the real world and what people thought of me. But when I was speaking out about the gay teenagers committing suicide in the fall of 2010, I just heard it so loudly, you're a bully, you're a bully. How could you speak out against it when you're contributing to the downfall of America? That's what I felt. And that's the energy that I was getting. And it was a big wake up call because I didn't view myself like that. I honestly didn't. I would justify my behavior by saying, well, it's a character I created. Perez isn't real. And that would let me sleep at night. But I realized a year and a half ago, and even more so now that Everything is connected, and I can't disassociate myself from okay, myself. Okay, okay. I, I, can't, I was just, I'm so excited about doing this with you because, you know, people have said mean things about me over the years, and perhaps maybe- I probably did. Yes. Although I love Oprah. Okay, yes. I am an otheist. <laughs> I am. Thank you for saying that, but now, but this is the thing. I often wonder when people say mean, terrible things, like biting, bitchy, mm -hmm. hard, things that are meant just literally to hurt people. How can you not think 
that what you're doing is going to affect the person you're writing about. In the past, I would tell myself, well, if they don't like what I write, they shouldn't read it. That's what I used to say. And I used to also say, yeah, I know what I'm saying is bad. I'm doing it on purpose. I want to get a rise out of my readers. I want them commenting. I want them to disagree with me. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't make it right, and it wasn't right, but that's what I would tell myself to help me sleep at night. And so that kind of bitchiness, that kind of nastiness came from where? I think it, I mean, it came from me. And I have to take ownership of that. Yeah. My initial response was going to say, well, it came from the internet because the internet kind of is a space that allows that and encourages that, but you need to take ownership of not just your thoughts, but your actions and your words and well, your yeah, energy. Particularly your actions. Yeah. Yes. yes. And so once you made the awakening, had the mm -hmm. awakening or the awareness that, gee, what I'm doing is really putting negative energy out into the world. Did you see how that was also reflected in negative energy in your own life? I started gaining weight and getting fatter and fatter and I would dye my hair all sorts of crazy colors and I lost myself in this character that I had created. I, be I became a clown and a lot of people don't like clowns. Yeah. And what I've been doing over the last year and a half is, it was scary, but I've been showing the world my real self and not hiding behind this character anymore. Uh -huh. And I think that people have responded in, in an embracing way and they're the skeptical people and that's okay. I can't Yeah, I know when I said you were coming on, you know, lots of people said, I wonder if that's real. Rightfully so, people should think that because for six plus years, I behaved a certain way. Yes. However, I am not going to be defined by my past. I am not my past. Very good. And I'm not gonna let that prevent me from doing good in the future. Okay. The worst thing you can say about another, with all due respect, the worst thing you can say about another contains some truth about yourself because you were actually attacking yourself when you were attacking all these people. And people come into spirituality in many ways. You know, you came into it because you had an awakening where people pointed it out to you, so through suffering, in a sense. And that's great. And you should forgive yourself because you were doing the best you could in that particular state of awareness. But you're moving on now. Awareness so, is such a powerful it's word. It's one it word that I've really been thinking about yeah. a lot lately. And also, you know, everybody has their own definition of spirituality. Right. And only within even the last three months, my awareness of what that means to me has increased. For me, spirituality is energy. Mm. And it's being able to tap into that energy that's there and within us as well, and having that connection be powerful. And so, now that you are opening yourself up to that, tell me how your life is different. I feel like I made that shift in the fall of 2010, and since then I've really been mindful of my energy, my words, my action, and putting a much more positive energy out there. Keyword, mindful. Yeah, Keyword. And, I, and I feel like I'm getting a lot more positive energy back, which then in turns, is helping me put more positive energy out there. Yeah. And I've realized only in the last three months that I have not, I mean, I've accomplished a lot, yeah. but I haven't reached my full potential yet. Absolutely. And that was Absolutely. a huge life-changing moment. I think, I think a key word that you just said, and Deepak, I'm sure you'll agree, was awareness, because it seems to me, and I you know, have been written about lots of good things, some bad things, and it seems to me that when people sit down and do things, because I, I like constructive criticism, and I know a lot of other people do. When you sit down and you just purposely say things that are mean-spirited, it seems to be an unconscious state that you're not really aware or awakened to what you're doing. Oh, you I agree? wasn't at agree? all. Yeah. By the way, either you or you just used another key word, and it was mirror. You know, so the world is a mirror, and what you say about others is a mirror of how you look at yourself. So before you say anything, ask yourself, how am I looking at myself in this moment? Yeah. You can never feel good about yourself by bringing somebody else down. 
But he did. At the time, you did, though. In that state the of time, awareness. At the, at, at, in that state of consciousness. At the time, you were feeling good about it. When you'd write a really nasty thing and people would respond, would you feel good? I honestly wasn't even feeling, to be honest. I was just doing. That's what doing. I mean by conscious. Have you apologized to the people that you hurt? Somebody was just asking that on Facebook. I have, I have. I mean, Fergie was somebody I used to say some very nasty things about and I've apologized. And I had a birthday a couple weeks ago and she even sent me flowers. Really? And that was so touching that we had that moment where she was able to forgive. Have That's a powerful able, have moment. Have you actually gone back and tried to apologize to, to all the celebrities that you said nasty things about? <laughs> Not all of them, because I don't have direct but contact with. you can apologize with. right now. Absolutely, and I want to apologize to, to everyone. And more than apologize, I, I, I view what I have now as an opportunity. And it's an opportunity to, you know, in the past I put tons of negative energy out there, but I want to put an exponential amount more of positive energy now going forward. Don't go anywhere. More to come after this short break. No two travelers are exactly alike, and that means no two trips should be either. Texas' vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. Are you a beach person? Well, you'll be having fun under the sun with Texas' 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies can't get enough of Texas' world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interests. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters, yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meave. Plus, you can help to support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies' splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. You wrote that we turn our worst experiences into rules about life. Yes. How do we do that? What do you mean by we that? We get programmed, we get victimized by the past. It's called the prison of karma. So karma is the conditioning of the past that rules your life. Mm -hmm. There's a saying that no debt goes unpaid, but at the same time, debts can be forgiven. So if you do good deeds, if you help the poor, if you're compassionate, if you do good things, then some of that karmic debt gets paid off. That was my interview with Deepak Chopra in Jaipur. The crew and the producers, we were all running around looking for paper because he said so many illuminating things. We're going to bring you that entire interview this Sunday on Super Soul Sunday at 11 Eastern, the entire interview. Celebrity blogger Perez Hilton is here who says he's uh, been through a karma cleansing, actually. I think that's interesting. Karma cleansing. You had a question. Hi. Hi. So I'm finding it hard to kind of keep a positive open mind right now as you're up here because I feel like you wouldn't have the privilege of sitting up here had you not been such a negative, nasty person. And you had so much of an effect on the lives and careers of so many people from outing people to drawing penises on faces. Like I just feel I'm having a tough time. Like. It's not for me to believe your transformation, it's for you, and I understand that, but it, it is tough as an observer to kind of believe it. And you don't have to care if I believe it or not, but... Yeah, I just so you're having trouble. What is it you're having trouble? Because what? Because I feel like it's, it's 
almost easy for him to say, this is great, like, I, I see the light now, but the darkness is what puts you up here. Yeah. Okay, so this is a good point, too. Do you think you would be where you were had you not been so negative, had you not been so bitchy? I think what helped me at the beginning was I was doing something different. When I started, there really weren't people using blogs as a way to talk about celebrities. I believe that I am different and special and worthy, and I found something that was that, and success came. However, do I regret things? Absolutely. I regret a lot. I, wa I watch interviews where people give, I don't regret anything because it led me to where I am today. I would rather be less wise and not have hurt people. However, I can't erase the past. I'm not trying to erase the past. I'm just trying to do better in the future. From okay. the bottom of my heart. So the reason why you don't want to accept that is because what, you want him to be punished? You want him to serve time? I just, I, just, I guess, find it. <laughs> you want him to go to the karma prison? Yes. <laughs> what, what do you I, want? Um, why isn't his apology enough? And why isn't his willingness to move forward in life and do better enough? I think... I'm just saying. No, and that's your job. <laughs> I, no, I, like I said, I think it's great that he's working on this transformation, but as someone who, you know, had followed his career from the beginning up until now, it's just, mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. just tough. Yeah. Okay, Deepak, what do you want to say? Thank you. I think what you've got to realize, and I said this earlier, is you have to have the insight that everybody does the best they can from the stage of spiritual development they're in, or the state of awareness they're in. So you have to have empathy without being condescending, and compassion because in your judging him, you're also judging yourself, okay? So, <laughs> and, and right now, right now I'm judging you as well, okay? <laughs> So he found an opportunity where he, he saw himself, and for that, we should love him and have and, compassion. And the truth is this. Yeah, because I could be very pissed off at him, really, for some of the things that he has said. But if he can't be redeemed, then neither can I. Mm -hmm. That's the real truth. And this is the, the big point everybody needs to get. Different people are on different evolutionary spiritual planes. Not everybody is operating at the same frequency as you. There's some very low-level frequency people <laughs> that are barely vibrating at all. And if you are a high-frequency person, you try to attract to yourself that which is high-frequency. You all know what I'm talking about? Are you vibing with me? Because that's what we all are. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. And spirit vibrates. There's a vibrational frequency to spirit. And depending upon where you are in that frequency, you behave in certain ways. So he literally reached another level of frequency, whatever it was that shocked him into recognizing it. Am I correct? Yes. Instead of saying low, I would say earlier. <laughs> Some is just low. <laughs> Well, I agree with you, Deepak. Right. So, Ona from Plano, Texas, on Skype has a question. Anna. Come on, Anna. Hi there. Hi. Um, I totally relate to what um, Perez is going through, and I think it's great. And I just wonder now if he knows what his purpose is and what is he going to do with his website now that he's gone through this transformation. Okay, good. So this physical transformation that I've undergone has also manifested itself in a spiritual transformation. And also, I believe that the universe is speaking to us always. But right now, it's speaking to me very loudly. And not only am I listening and receptive, but I'm also ready for what it's telling me. And within the last three months, it's both revealed to me what one of my major gifts in life is, because I think we're all born with gifts, and it's also revealed what my purpose is. And it was a, a life-changing moment, and my purpose is to help other people. My purpose is to inspire other people. My purpose is to make other people smile and to teach other people. And also what's fascinating is I feel like I've been having 
multiple aha orgasms in that I've been having all of these thoughts and that's how I experienced. <laughs> well now, I think that's a new column for old magazine. <laughs> I, I would love that, I think Oprah. we could get a lot of subscriptions with <laughs> I, AHA orgasms. Well, it really felt it's, that it's way a, because it's it was... another word for transcendence. It was coming so... <laughs> <laughs> and they okay, were coming think, so quick. I think everybody, let's use that one tonight. You transcended me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I just transcended. But then... There were all of these aha moments were coming so quickly and I was so thankful and I realized, wow, that's my purpose. But then a few weeks after that, all very recently, I had another aha moment. And that was like, wow, my purpose is to help and inspire and teach the world a better place. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Isn't that why we're all here? Yeah, I was just gonna say that. You know why I was gonna say that? Because I was gonna say, hey, you just took my purpose. <laughs> You just took my purpose, Perez. But, but as you were saying, and I thought, well, I think, and that's what Deepak is doing, and that's what all of you in your life are doing. You're doing it with your children. You're doing it with your family members. You're doing it on your job. That's what we're all here to do. We just had an aha orgasm. <laughs> Thank you, Perez. Rita from Oklahoma was one of our students on season one of Life Class, and she joins us on Skype. Hey, Rita. Hi, Oprah. How are you? Nice to see you again. Yes. I you, you were a big aha orgasm for me when uh, the first season, when you were saying other people's opinions, no longer you allowed them to define what you thought of yourself. It's yes. really a beautiful quote. I wrote it down somewhere. I'm, I'm messing it up right now. But do you remember what well, you said then? Yeah, that it's just observations that are coming from other people. And if I attach meaning to it, it can be hurtful or it cannot be hurtful. And that is what lies within my control. Mm -hmm. But I can relate to what Perez is saying because those popping aha orgasmic moments, mm -hmm. I remember very clearly. And I also remember and am experiencing that with time and a little maturity, it becomes where you live all the time. You don't have to wait for the buildup anymore. It's just there. And what I think about as I hear him speak is that I keep hearing people say that I want to become spiritual. Well, you, you don't become spiritual. You are. It's already there. You already are. And when we get caught up in the time of it and the doing of it yes. instead of the just being of it, then things like karma and all that kick in. And the easiest way is to just be it. Yes, yes, C.S. Lewis said this. Actually, Rain Wilson was tweeting the other day and I was tweeting with him and he tweeted this quote from C.S. Lewis that says, you don't have a soul, you are a soul. Absolutely. You have a body. Yeah, you don't ever lose that. What you can lose is the awareness of it. Yes. And so the key and the actually simplest part of all is to go back to the awareness of it, which wipes out karma altogether. Yeah. You agree, Deepak? Totally. I mean, she said, you are it. It's your true self. If you go beyond your social mask, your so-called skin encapsulated ego, it's there always. So all you have to do is be. And that's the most important thing because you're human beings. We're not human thinkings and human doings. We're human beings. And by being, you mean being the observer of whatever is yeah, going there's on. There's a great thing. There's a great thing. That yes. is that the highest form of intelligence is the ability to observe yourself without judging yourself. And as you watch yourself, you'll be having the ability to observe your thoughts, your body, the sensations, the images, the feelings, and then there'll be insight, which is spontaneous. And with that insight, there'll be transformation. Your body and your mind is a projection of your soul. But your soul is not your ego. It's your true self. 
which is inseparably connected with all that is. It's not only connected, it's one. So, you know, when you expand your awareness, you're not contracted, you're expanded, and ultimately you're universal. You wanted to say. My question is um, for Mr. Deepak. The question is... What a voice you have. <laughs> the question is, where did that voice come from? <laughs> but please go ahead with your question. <laughs> um, I guess, um, generally, people can say, you know, it's easier to maintain positive thoughts and everything around you is so positive, or when the sun is, you know, shining, it's easier to think positive. I guess simply the question is, how do you maintain those positive thoughts when you have deep, dark places or dark surroundings or dark situations? How do you maintain that positive light and move positively? Oh, that's really good. Deepak, you know, I'll, let you, I'll let you go for an answer. A, and I have an answer, a, too. I have a friend of mine from Malawi, a young boy in Africa. He said to me, I remember the past and I learned from it. I rejoice and celebrate in the present, and I reimagine the future. And that is beautiful to me, because if you are victimized by your thoughts, you're victimized by your past. And there's another great Indian saying. It says, I use memories, but I do not allow memories to use me. So remember a few things like that, and you will move from being a victim to a creator. I use memories, but I will not allow memories to use me. That's right. I love that. One is the victim, the other is the creator. Yes, and for me, it's exactly what I said at the beginning. Last week, the press was trying to kick my butt. <laughs> but, you know, everywhere I turned, there was another negative headline about what was happening and wasn't happening at OWN and what I did or didn't do or should have done. And if you allow the external forces of everybody else's energy to enter into your own consciousness, it can really bring you down. And you know how I got through that? I just, in every inward and outer breath, I was saying, in God, I move and breathe and have my being. In God, I move and breathe and have my being. To remind myself of my spiritual self, to remind myself that what's going on out in the world is what's going on out in the world. Those are, as Rita just said, other people's observations and opinions, but that isn't who you are, and don't get that confused. Don't get confused with what people say you are versus what you know you are. I went to monastery in uh, Thailand and became a monk for a month. And we used to meditate from midnight to four in the morning on our personal death, you know. And what? It made me realize that whatever I'm looking at is going to be gone. So when you recognize the impermanence of this particular body mindset, it immediately throws you into the present. And this is what the monk said to me on the last day. He says, the most important time in your life is now. The most important person in your life is the one you're looking at right now. The most important thing that you can do in your life is what you're doing now. The best way to prepare for the future is to be totally present, present. Now. now. Forget all your learnings. Just remember that now is the moment that never ends. That's what your watch says, right? which is a number one of the major spiritual principles is to be present now in this moment, yeah. not allowing your thoughts to live in the past yeah. and be stuck in your story from the past. That's right, that's called presence. Yes. And presence is spirit. And presence is spirit. Well, Stephanie is a mom of three who says she's terrified of living in the present moment, and here's why. The whole world can change in the drop of one minute. One second, one phone call. For Stephanie, that call came 12 years ago while waiting for her three teenage daughters to get home from the mall. I answer the phone, and it's a nurse from a hospital. And she said, there's been an accident. We have Tiffany. And she has very bad cuts and bruises. And I don't know what happened to your other two girls. 14-year-old Melissa, 15-year-old Tiffany, and 17-year-old Valerie were riding in a friend's car when it was hit head-on. 
Stephanie rushed to be with Tiffany, while her husband, Bob, raced to find Valerie and Melissa. The girls had been taken to different hospitals in order to handle all the trauma. My husband breaks down and starts to cry. And he says Valerie would never walk again. And that she had a spinal cord injury at a very severe level. And he wouldn't stop crying. And I just, my whole world fell apart. And I said, what about Melissa? And he said, he started to cry even odd. He said, you would never recognize what Melissa looks like. Melissa's injuries were severe. Her lower back was broken, her jaw shattered in two places, and her face was so badly cut from glass, you could see her cheekbones. Melissa and Tiffany eventually recovered, but Valerie's prognosis was grim. The odds were totally against her. We were told that she would never move anything from the neck down. After 14 months of intense physical therapy, Valerie proved her doctors wrong and took her first steps. And just last year, she walked down the aisle. In three months, Valerie will deliver another miracle. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I should be happy about Valerie having a baby. Then there's that worry. If I, maybe if I'm too happy, then something will go bad for me again. And it steals the joy. It takes away from it. There is still that underlying fear. Any, any phone call can change your life. And that haunts me till this very day. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank. Some things should be boring, like banking. Boring is safe and reliable. You don't want your bank to be entertaining. Entertaining is for podcasts with inspiring celebrity guests, not banks. PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is the service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Inc. PNC Bank, National Association, member FDIC. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. Stephanie, come on up. Come on up, Steph. Say hello to Deepak Chopra. Stephanie says she lives in fear that their lives could change again in an instant and therefore is resisting always the present moment. You live waiting for the other shoe to drop. I live in constant fear. I live in the fact that the phone call that I received that night haunts me. When the girls go out, I'm always worried where they are, what they're doing. And there's so much joy going on in my house right now. Valerie's having a baby. Um, Melissa's a doctor of physical therapy. Tiffany's become a teacher, and I just, the joy. Stand up, girls. Girls, stand, stand up. up. They survived. Yeah, yeah. They survived. Whoa. Not an accident. So Valerie is, uh, is the oldest, right? Yes, I am. Yeah. And so how does your mom's fear, anxiety, inability to accept the present moment feel joy? I mean, she said on that tape, I thought it was very interesting. She says, it just stills the joy. It stills my joy. It stills your joy. How, how does her not being able to celebrate and be grateful that you are here, alive, and well. How does that affect you all? 
I think her fears and worries prevent me from living in the here and now, which I think is really important for me right now to enjoy every moment, especially in my pregnancy. Yeah. I, I'm enjoying it, but at the same time, I feel that I just, every day, you can ask my husband, I just worry, like, every day, like, what if something bad happens, you know? And it, I think it kind of takes away. So is away. her energy impacting you and you yeah. and you, her energy? Because you know when you go around mom, it's gonna, she's gonna be, like, the worry wart, anxiety written, mm -hmm. oh my God, what if yeah. something happens? I, yes. Yeah. I think it prevents the rest of us from being able to enjoy life and be able to enjoy the things we do because her worries turn into our worries as well. And right, like I'll be going out somewhere and, you know, I'll be happy, I'll be going out and then she'll be like, be careful. She'll say, be careful, be careful, like 20 times to the point where you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I understand that. And tell me, how were you girls able to evolve to the place where you can accept that what happened to you did happen, but that where you are now in your life and hopefully continuing to move forward in your life was something different than what had happened. How did that process uh, I think it take was, shape for you? It took 12 years and still going. Mm -hmm. um, I think it just, you know, just learning and also having, like we're talking about spirituality, having this energy, or I like to call it like this force that's almost looking over me constantly, knowing, you know, bad things do happen, but things also move forward at the same time, and something is always going to watch over you. Even when there's bad, there's just going to be some, just some good that you just have to believe in. What is the primary thing you learned from that experience, that not accident? To, not to take anything for granted. Okay, we all know that you're a different person because of what happened to you and what you had to endure. Can you say that you were a better person because of what happened to you? You yeah. have to live every day and be happy with everything you have. And yeah. be appreciative. Okay, and so why haven't you been able to step into that space? I don't know, I'm afraid that they have gotten this far, they're all beautiful, they're perfect, and then one minute, it could turn around again. Because so you're they, still reliving the I'm accident still every day. Living and I'm not moving on the way I should have. The story you're still telling yourself. Yes, the story. Is that that phone's going to ring. That phone could ring or anything can happen in one split second. Yeah. Yes, sir. I think this could be a moment of transformation for her because you just used that expression, the story you're living. They're living a different story than you are, right? Yeah. They're fact, trying to. They're, yes. And in fact, they have found meaning and purpose mm -hmm. as a result of this. Mm -hmm. So here are some different ways to reshape this mm -hmm. story. First, remember that your story is creating your perception of the world. Mm -hmm. It's influencing what you expect, your expectations, mm -hmm. your assumptions about what life is, your belief about uh, who you are, uh, your feelings and moods, they're all a reflection of your story. So the first thing we have to do is recognize right now that there are different stories, right? Yes. We cannot ignore the facts. The facts are there. Mm -hmm. But there's another extraordinary fact. She was told by doctors she would never be able mm -hmm. to walk. Mm -hmm. She's going to have a child. This in itself is a very important insight here. Mm -hmm. The spirit is a field of infinite possibilities. And therefore, even as a physician, I would tell my patients, you can believe the diagnosis, but never believe the prognosis. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, uh, just never believe the prognosis, because it's up to you what you choose right now. The fact is, you have to separate the story mm -hmm. from the facts. The fact is, you have three wonderful, healthy, girls who have found meaning and purpose mm -hmm. in their life. So you have to ask yourself, is there another story? Okay, what can I create right now? And you know, by the way, I use a prayer myself that uh, I use in moments of crisis. The past is gone. Mm -hmm. The future is not here. Mm -hmm. Now I am free of both. Okay, so say that to yourself. The past is gone. Past the is future, gone. Is not not here. Here. future is now not here. Now I am free, free of, both. of both. Now I am free of both. What am I choosing right now? Mm -hmm. Okay, and what yes. do you choose right now? You choose joy. You choose and that's joy. what you choose mm -hmm. for yourself and you choose for them.
But would you not say, you know, and we're not saying you're going to be cured here in a moment. We're no, just here to give I mean, everybody around the world different things and to think about and different ways of thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Why do you feel that you are so attached to the story? What is it about the story that you don't want to move on? I think I created a, a sense of guilt for myself that I didn't protect them enough that day. Mm -hmm. I wasn't the mom that maybe I should have been because they got hurt. And I, I, um, I took it upon myself when they were hurt at such a young age. And I deprived them, I deprived Valerie of a future by, by allowing that to happen. And now you see Valerie. Now I see her. In the now. In the now. Yeah. With all the great prospects for a future. Yes. And so um, the tape in your head. It was playing, but I made up my mind today that I'm going to move on from you know what, this story. Good. I'm going to do everything I can. And what is the story you want to tell yourself that okay. you would like us to support you in? Then I'm going to. I have a beautiful family. I have a wonderful husband, a, a son-in-law, a future baby on the way, and I have a lot to look forward to. This beautiful, beautiful place. <laughs> Bob is. Uh, Bob is. Bob, Stephanie's husband. Bob, stand up here for a moment. Aren't you saying to yourself, Lord, I hope this is true? <laughs> Bob, Lord, I hope this is true. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I can imagine, Bob. I can imagine. How has this affected you? I mean, obviously, to go through this tragedy. It goes beyond that. She became anxious over everything. Um, it's not just the girl. She's worried about losing her job, even though she's tenured. Teacher. <laughs> yes. She needs help. <laughs> and so, as a husband, you've tried to be supportive about it. Oh, yeah. I retired to take care of Valerie and to take her to school and then graduate school. And Stephanie continued working. Mm -hmm. And um, I took over all the household responsibilities. Good day. I... Good day. Well, what we're hoping is that this moment will be a catalyst for you to see that you are stuck in the story, mm -hmm. and you may need some other kinds of help. Obviously, you've had counseling. Yes, I have. right. Yes, counseling. Mm -hmm. But maybe you need what you need is a transcendent moment mm -hmm. where you're able to see mm -hmm. yourself mm -hmm. and observe mm -hmm. from your true self what mm -hmm. it is you're doing. You know, and uh, be able to move forward. I'm going to try that. Become sure. the director, the uh -huh. producer, the choreographer, mm -hmm. and the hero of your own. Because can you see how you are? How you yes, are I, to, you yes. You do see that. Right? I, I do You're playing see the this. tape. Yes. You're just playing I'm the playing tape. I'm playing the tape. Thank you so much for being Thank here. Thank you so Thank much. You. Did I hear you say that you had an aha orgasm? I had several of them. You know what? I, I'm going to rebrand that. That was Perez's title for aha orgasms. And I think we should call them aha O's. I like that. That's even better. You have to brand it. Aha O's. So uh, I had several um, aha moments. Yeah. One was in regard sort of to the lady that was speaking about Perez and uh, in regard to this last story. And I told my neighbor and even Deepak hit on it. Life is a journey, yeah. and we are going through the journey of life, and a lot of times people think that in order to have a great life or to be great, I have to do something great, I have to be famous, I have to be rich, right. or that to have a great life, something I did in the past blocked me from that, yeah. or something that happened is, is not letting that happen. But we actually are in this moment, everything that we're ever going to be, everything that we can do is already within us right now. Right. And once we realize that, we realize I don't have to change, I don't have to be rich, I don't have to do anything, because in my journey of life, whatever I'm supposed to do, whatever I'm supposed to accomplish is going to happen to me, in me, through me, and connect with other people. With your action, though, you just can't sit around and, you know, think about it. You <laughs> have to do something. It is the action, but it's allowing yourself to connect with other people. You agree, Deepak? Yes. I do agree, but you know, life also has milestones. A journey has milestones, so everybody first looks after their survival, their safety, then they want to achieve great things for themselves, they want to make money, they want to be successful, then they find that's not enough, then they want to have 
healthy relationships. You move from there to love and belonging. And they also want to feel good about themselves, self-esteem. And they cannot feel good about themselves unless they help other people. So then beyond that, they want higher consciousness, insight, intuition. And finally, they want God. So it's all part of the journey. Bill from Chicago on Skype has a comment about Stephanie's story. Go ahead, Bill. Well, the main thing that I wanted to say through everything else that's being said is that life also has a way of throwing surprises at us. And I got a surprise listening to Stephanie's story. The thing that surprised me in, in this moment in listening to Stephanie's story was how many wonderful things had been given back to her in spite of all of the fears and, you know, all of the labels that in my field we toss around so much, you know, still that fear and all of what she's going through is still tied to love. We can call it everything else, but it's still that, that element, that one defining element of love, that all of what she's experiencing, all of what her children are experiencing, and all of what her husband is, is experiencing, and all of what we're reacting to. You're it's absolutely right, Bill. And the truth is, living with an open heart through love, the key is right. love. It's all about love. And if you are living through love and trying to use your life to express that in the greatest way and in every encounter, then you are leading a spiritual life. And even when difficulties come into our lives, as they do for all human who are being, that's the nature of living on earth, even when that happens, to know that our great option is to choose love rather than to choose fear and to shut down. That's what I think. Okay, the women from Rockville. Tracy, what are you, what are you all thinking? I wish all prisons had sessions on Mondays for spirituality. What are you thinking about what you're hearing today? Oh, there's been some wonderful messages. One thing that I have realized in my spiritual journey is that you really have to walk the walk. You have to feed your spirit if you want it to grow and to be yeah. strong. Mm -hmm. For years, I um, starved my spirit. I fed my flesh. There was a hole in my heart as big as Jesus. And until you start feeding your spirit and figuring out what's important in life, it's going to be weak and lacking. You're going to be ruled by your flesh. Thank you, Tracy, Let that, which leads us to the point of, yeah, go ahead. There's a physical prison. Yes. And you can get out of the physical prison, but there's another spiritual prison, and yes. you don't know that you're in it because the bars are invisible. Right. Unless you become self-aware, you can't escape it. So she could be freer inside the prison than most people are outside the prison. You know, <laughs> Victor, Victor Frankel, Man's Search for Meaning. That's right. I interviewed this woman named Shaquan Dooley who was sentenced to uh, 35 years in prison for murdering her children. And I said to her the exact same thing. You really now have a better chance being in prison than you did outside of prison because outside of prison you were pregnant, one, two, three children by the time you were 27 years old, depressed, not working, no job which is a recipe for disaster if there isn't some kind of awakening or enlightenment or movement to get you to move forward. But now that you are actually have the time and a place where you can really free yourself. Ask yourself meaningful questions. And what are the meaningful questions we should be asking ourselves? I asked them of you once. Yes. Who am I? What do I want? What's my purpose in this life? What are my unique skills and talents? What do I expect in a meaningful relationship? That's your soul profile. If you ask yourself those questions, then life will move you into the answers. And the reason it took me two days is because I knew you didn't want to hear, I am Oprah Winfrey. Yes. <laughs> I have a television network. That's I am, because those are all things that you do. That's so right. when you have to sit and think about what is the answer to the question, of who are you that doesn't involve what you do, that doesn't involve the role that you play? What is the real answer to that question when you can't say, well, I'm a mother, or I'm a teacher, or I run a network? What is the answer to who am I and what do I really want? 
when you can answer that question from the purest, deepest part of yourself, from the real part of yourself, then you're on the path That's right. to what we call spirituality. See, what most people call their bio, it's their ego profile. It's not who you really are. It's, you know, all the things that you do and what people think you are, but it's not who you are. Your ego profile. Yeah. Let's check in with our uh, Skyper, Chow Ki from Australia. What did you learn tonight? Hi. Hi. Really, the questions, I think more importantly is about being conscious of what kind of questions we ask ourselves, because it's so easy to go off and ask a question that might lead you down a path that's very disempowering. So I guess my question is, rule of thumb, like how do you actually distinguish and make sure that you're always asking the right questions and not the ones that are actually going to make you perpetuate in suffering? That's great. The question you ask should have an evolutionary purpose. It should create joy. The answer should create joy in you and everyone that's affected by that answer or by that choice. So you should always ask, if I get what I want, will it make me a happier person? But will it make other people happy as well? If the answer is yes, then go for it. Going back to the question that was asked by uh, Ms. Vancouver earlier today, the woman from Vancouver, how do you begin to lead a more spiritual life? Well, the Time. goal, ultimate goal of all goals is to be happy, okay? So if you want to be happy, make somebody else happy. If you want to find the right person in your life, then become the right person. If you want to see a change in the world, then you become the change you want to see in the world. That's what Mahatma Gandhi said. So in, in your personal transformation, is the future transformation of the world. In your personal transformation. There's no social transformation in the absence of personal transformation. So in your personal transformation is the future transformation what of the world. What do you, Deepak Chopra, do as a spiritual practice? I meditate every day. I ask myself those questions, but I live those questions more than ask because I have the firm belief that if you ask, you will receive, that if you live the questions, life will move you into the answers. And it does so through insight, through intuition, through relationship, through meaningful coincidences, through synchronicities, what people call good luck. But good luck is the state of grace. It's the spirit walking with you wherever you go. What we said at the beginning of our, our conversation tonight about spiritual solutions, and by the way, Deepak has a book called exactly that. That's why I call this Deepak Spiritual Solutions. I believe that spirituality is the essence of everything, that we're not just here to go to work. We're not just here to pay our bills or go through the motions of life. It's so much bigger than that for all of us. And what you said, that we're spiritual beings having a human experience, allow the full essence of that, the full essence of I am a spiritual being who's using this body that I often feel is, you know, my thighs are too big or my nose is too wide or my, I'm not tall enough or um, what are all the criticisms we give of the body? Well, we're just using it. We're just using the body for this time that we spend here on earth. The recognition that you are not your body and you're not even your thoughts. You're not the red triangle that you thought about, nor are you the past that you continue to replay in your head and tell yourself over and over again that I'm worthless, nobody loves me, I don't deserve, I'm not valued. You're not those thoughts either. So you can decide, choose, if you want to, you can step out of your history and the past and write a new story for yourself and tell yourself and engage from the spiritual deepest part of yourself in such a way that you begin to draw to yourself what you are teaching yourself to re-believe is possible for you because you are spirit. 
in a body. You are a soul. You have a body. There is no life other than a spiritual life. And I hope that tonight's conversation allows you to awaken to the greater possibility that that will bring to you. A special thanks to Radio City Music Hall. We love you guys. We love the crew here. Thank you. Thank you for our Chopra Oprah tour. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. You can follow Super Soul on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Super Soul Conversation. Thank you for listening. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.